Welcome to the Healthy and Happy Podcast, a workshop-style podcast hosted by yours truly, Julie Boer. I'm a blogger and holistic nutrition coach on a mission to help women live healthier, happier lives and show up as the strongest, most confident version of themselves. In this podcast, we get real about all things nutrition, fitness, and personal development to help you cut through all the BS and transform your body and most importantly, your life. Sound good? Let's dive in. Hello, my loves. Oh my goodness. Episode 100 of the Healthy and Happy Podcast. Actually, it's a little bit of a spoiler because before this was called the Healthy and Happy Podcast, I called it Soul Sessions with the intention that I was going to interview people, but then it turned into the Healthy and Happy Workshop Style Podcast where it's just me chatting your ear off every single week. That technically means we have done over 100 episodes, but for the purpose of today and for the excitement, we are going to say this is the 100th episode. I believe we are now in six figures of downloads, so thank you so much for always sharing these episodes with your friends and on your Instagram story. I truly, from the bottom of my heart, believe that every single woman needs to hear the messages that are in this podcast. So please continue to share. It means so freaking much to me, and I love you so, so much. Today's going to be a little bit different. I'm not talking about one particular topic. I actually asked the members in my Healthy and Happy membership group to ask me questions because I wanted this to be more of a Q&A style podcast answering all the questions from my lovely members. We have some about mental strength. We have some about nutrition. We have some about working out, how to invite someone along in a healthy journey without being judgmental or pushing them away, communicating food choices with others. If it's possible to love your body and still want to change it, there are so many juicy, juicy questions. As always, you can find everything I do on my website, juliebewer.com. That's where you can pre-order my new book, Healthy and Happy, Find Food Freedom and Create the Body You Love. You can find my blog on my website. You can sign up for my newsletter on my website. That is the hub for all things healthy and happy. Go to juliebewer.com, find all the goodies there, and let's get into today's Q&A, episode 100, baby. Whoop, whoop. So I'm going to start with a question from Carly. I love her question. It says, when you're on the journey to accepting your body and not restricting food, can you still want to lose weight? And the short answer is yes. To give you the long answer, the more nuanced answer, I find that there are two extremes. There are the people who are gung-ho about diets. They're preaching about this diet or that diet. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's the body positivity movement, which teaches you to love your body exactly how it is and you don't need to change it at all. I operate somewhere in the middle. As you know from this podcast, nothing is black and white. Nothing is all or nothing. And when we stick to those rigid mindsets, that is what keeps us trapped. There is nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight for health purposes, for energy purposes, to feel better in your body. The problem becomes when weight loss is the main focus and that's all we care about and we will do anything, go to extremes and drastic measures in order to achieve that weight loss. And for the purpose of this episode, like I talked about in a previous episode, I don't like the term losing weight anymore. I say releasing weight because when we talk about releasing weight, we're releasing something that no longer serves us. So in this situation that you need to release weight from your body, it could be for health reasons. It could be because you're suffering from diabetes, heart disease, a metabolic disorder, high cholesterol, 
high blood pressure, sleep apnea. There are many groups of people, especially in North America, that could probably benefit from releasing some weight to make them healthier. This podcast is called Healthy and Happy. So what is it going to take for you to get to a baseline level of health? For some, that might mean releasing weight. For some, that might mean gaining weight. But when we are operating from this place, we want to keep health at the forefront of our mind. Health also does not mean obsessively tracking your calories, being super restrictive with your food, only eating certain food groups. That is not healthy either. So just like your blood markers can be an indication of your health, your habits can also be an indication of your health. That means if you are obsessing about food, if it's all you think about, if it's taking away from your joy in your relationships, that is not healthy. And that can almost be more detrimental than the physical markers of poor health. Both are stressful, so we're trying to find this middle ground where you can love and accept your body and still want to make improvements and still want to be the healthiest version of yourself. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be healthy. There's nothing wrong with wanting to eat in a way that supports your goals and gives you energy. And in fact, if you are trying to release weight, I would argue that it's almost impossible to do it without operating from a place of love. You might be able to hate yourself and convince yourself into losing weight drastically and lose 20 pounds, for example, very quickly, but that's not a sustainable long-term approach and you will not be able to keep the weight off. Long story short, when you are on the journey to accepting your body and not restricting food, Yes, you can still want to lose or release weight. There is nothing wrong with that. If it's going to make you a healthier and happier person, amazing. We just don't want to dip into the obsessive and compulsive measures that we may have taken to release weight in the past. That is why I created GPF. That is why I talk so much about the mindset work of this because those two components paired together are going to help you create the body you love. If we neglect the mindset portion, the self-love portion of it, it's never going to happen. And even if it does happen, it's still not going to feel good enough. That's the trap that we do not want to get stuck in. Great question, Carly. I love that one. Next question comes from Zoe. Are there any tips for communicating my food choices to others in a sensitive but unapologetic way? For example, I once told a friend no thank you to sugary treats and casually said I was enjoying the healthier options these days. And she replied, but how can there be anything wrong with enjoying food? That doesn't seem healthy to me. She seemed both concerned and offended just because I'd said no to a cookie. It's like she wanted validation from me for her to eat them. And then I felt bad for not eating it. Oh, yes, you nailed it. People want validation by your choices to feel okay with what they're doing. For example, this reminds me of when I stopped drinking as much, I would go out with friends and they'd be like, Julie, come take a shot. And I'm like, you know what? I just don't really feel like it. And they're like, come on, why? Because what it does is it kind of holds up a mirror to them and it makes them think subconsciously, oh, should I not be drinking right now? Should I not want to drink? And when we're the person saying no, that's not our intention to make the other person feel that way, but it does hold up a mirror to their actions. And truthfully, people do show love with food, with baking, taking the time to make you a meal, offering you a drink. This is a love language, truly. It's a way of people showing their love for you. And so sometimes when you reject that, even if it is in your own best interest, they can get offended, like you mentioned. But the first thing to realize is that we don't have to say no all the time. That was one of the biggest mistakes I made when I started eating healthy. I felt like I couldn't even go out to eat with my friends because I knew they were going to ask me to eat something that I didn't feel prepared to eat that I knew I would regret or feel guilty about later. And so I just avoided social situations and that is not healthy at all. I had to learn the balance between standing my ground, knowing when I really felt like eating healthy and I was going to say no to treats or choices that didn't feel good for me at that moment, and also learning to relax a little bit and indulge and enjoy when the time felt right. 
So if you have health goals, yes, it is important. And there are going to be times when you say no to people because you just don't want to. And that reason is good enough without having to justify it and go into 15 explanations as to why you don't want the cookie that they're offering you. Here's a simple way to think through this. When we talk about my plus one strategy, we're essentially saying have your GPF meal. So have greens, proteins, fats, and then have a plus one of something that you really, really enjoy eating. A big part of that is using discernment about what you're going to indulge in. So that looks like not just picking up the chocolate chip cookie that's been sitting on the counter for two weeks that your friend offers you. That's not even gonna taste good. But if you're over at your friend's house and she just made this beautiful cake or beautiful pie and offers you a slice of it, that to me would be an awesome time to indulge in something and use a plus one opportunity. So look at the situation. Is this friend offering you cookies every single day? (laughs) In that case, there can be definite boundaries or a conversation that can be had to say, listen, thank you so much. I know you're just trying to show me love with these cookies and all these things that you keep trying to give me. I love you so much for that. And my health is a main priority for me right now. So I'm probably going to be saying no to some of the treats you give me, not because I don't think that I can have them, but because I just want to be selective about the kind of things that I'm indulging in right now. And if it's a dear friend or family member of yours, I hope they understand. But even if they don't, that's not your business. All you can do is set your own boundaries and communicate with them what you are trying to do, what you are trying to achieve. Now on the other side of that, let's say it's Thanksgiving or a special occasion, your boss invites you over for dinner. We can assume in those one-off situations that there's probably going to be some treats and some opportunities to indulge, whether it's with a glass of wine or a dessert. In those situations where it feels like it's the right thing to do to say yes and accept the gesture of kindness with this food, that's when we kind of have to take a step back and learn that it's okay to relax. We live in the real world where we're always going to have parties and social engagements and events. That doesn't mean you have to say yes at every single one of those engagements, but there are times when it's appropriate and it's okay to say yes and learn how to relax and learn how to release the guilt that's associated with the food choices you're making. So how do you decide between the two? How do you decide when you do want to indulge versus when you don't? If you know it's an event that's coming up or if you know you're going over to this friend's house who always asks you to eat something, Make the decision ahead of time. Check in with yourself. This is a good step in learning how to listen to your own intuition by asking yourself the question, do I want to indulge in this? Is this something I want to indulge in? And if the answer is yes, enjoy it guilt-free. I know that's easier said than done, but I have many podcast episodes talking about this that will help you with that. And also, the more you do it, the less guilt and shame you're going to feel. But then if you check in with yourself and you say, no, you know what? I really do not want this right now because my health goals are important to me, or I just don't feel like having whatever it is everybody else is having, then I can stand my ground. I can have strong boundaries. I can take full ownership of my choices. And then however the people around me react, that is not my business. And it's not something that I have to hold on to. I used to get judged all the time for my healthy choices. After standing in my ground for so long, people just stopped asking. And actually what happened is they started respecting my decision to say no. So it does take some mental strength, some mental toughness, especially in the beginning when you're going to get a little bit of backlash for it probably. But I'm also going to link in the show notes a podcast episode I did about communicating this with your family and your friends, how to talk to them about living a healthy lifestyle. So I hope you will listen to that because I could talk about this for 30 minutes (laughs) and I already did. Thank you, Zoe, for that question. That was awesome. Audra. 
How do you invite someone along in your journey to eat better and exercise more because you care about them without pushing them away? Long story short, you have to be the change that you wish to see in other people. We can't expect other people to live a lifestyle that we're not truly authentically living. If we are harping on somebody else in our life to work out or we're making little side remarks when we put on our workout clothes and we're like, Psh, you should be joining me right now, or you're judging them for their food choices, that is automatically going to make them defensive. And anytime you try to talk to them about why they should change, they're going to put a wall up. And unfortunately, we do this over and over and over again because we do genuinely have really good intentions of wanting to help and change people, but they might not be ready to change. And by you making these comments and remarks, not saying you are specifically, but we all do this, that creates such a wall that when they are finally ready to change, they're going to feel uncomfortable coming to you. It's going to hurt their pride a little bit because they're like, oh, you know what? She's been telling me for so long I should do this thing. Well, I'm just not going to do it because she wants me to do it so bad. It's like this inner rebel that we all have within us. When somebody tries to tell us how good something is for us, we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So instead, try to be the change. Try to lead by example. If you're making a healthy meal, try to make it delicious and offer them some without saying, this has protein in it. You should really be eating protein because protein is good for muscle synthesis and da-da-da-da-da going into this big scientific explanation. Show them love with the healthy, yummy food that you're making them. If you're going to the gym, instead of saying, come on, you really should be coming with me, you can open the invitation. You can say, hey, I'm going to the gym today or hey, I'm going for a walk. Do you want to come with me? And if they say, no, I don't really feel like it, say, okay, that's it. Go to the gym, come back. You are going to be glowing. You're going to have energy. They're probably going to need to take a nap in the middle of the afternoon because they don't have any energy. And you just go about your business being this beacon of light that feels so radiant and healthy from working out. You can also talk about your own experience with your health and fitness. So instead of saying, you should do this, you should do that, think about relationships. What is the best communication tool? Using I language, saying, I feel so good now going to the gym every day, or I noticed I'm getting so much stronger. It's so cool. Last week I was only able to lift this much and this week I can lift this much. It's not like you're bragging, you're just sharing your experiences and planting these little seeds so that when that person is ready, they will come to you. And trust me, 99% of the time they will because they're gonna notice something different about you. They're gonna notice that you're more open as opposed to always trying to get them to change. If you just back off, that gives them more space to come to you. But if you're smothering them and you're going closer and closer and closer to them, that's pushing them away. If you take a step back, create some openness, that's allowing more room to draw them forward. It's like a magnet. You're going to attract them to you. I'll share a quick example in my own life. Both of my parents were overweight, had health issues, and I was getting into this healthy lifestyle. And I would always tell them, you really shouldn't be eating that. Why are you eating that? What are you doing? Da, da, da. And always judging them, beating them up, being super harsh on them. And then eventually I got to the place where I was just like, you know what? Not that I don't care anymore. I still deeply care, but I'm just going to back off. I'm going to stop saying, you need to go to the gym. You need to do things the way I'm doing them. And I'm just going to let them do their own thing. And it was around that time that I personally started teaching group exercise classes, which helped a bit because I was like, hey, come to my class to support me, which they were more likely to do than go to some random person's exercise class. But in addition to that, they noticed that I was eating healthier. They noticed that there was something different about me, that I had more energy, that I seemed more optimistic. 
and eventually they came around and both of them have lost more than 50 pounds, which is crazy. But that didn't happen overnight. That was years and years and years of me talking about this stuff. And it was only once I backed off that they started to come forward and ask me questions. I will share with you personally too, that I did have to have a conversation with both of them at some point in this, where I was like, listen, I am concerned about your health. I love you so much. I want you to live forever and I want you to be here to walk me down the aisle to see my children. And that is so important to me. And I was coming from a place of how their actions and their lack of caring about their health was personally affecting me. And I think that helped because I was sharing from my own experience truly deeply from my heart why it was important for me for them to become healthy because underneath it all underneath the judgment and the criticism and us trying to harp on these people to try to get them to do what we want to do eat healthy work out all of that it's this deep love that you have for this person so imagine somebody came to you and said hey this thing you're doing is really affecting me because i love you so so much i love seeing you happy i love seeing you thrive you're not saying i need you to do this i need you to eat healthy you're just telling them how their actions or lack thereof is affecting you. And you can even say, I'm not saying this to change your behavior. I'm not coming from a judgmental place. I just needed you to know how this makes me feel. Once I had that conversation with my dad, it was a week or two later that he finally came to me. At first he was defensive. I'm going to be real. He put his guard up. He wasn't really hearing me out. But then within a week or two, he came up to me and said, you know what, Julie, I am ready to change. I am ready to adopt a healthier lifestyle. It takes a lot of time, persistence, effort, backing off and leading by example. And sometimes having the tough conversations with the people that you love in order to help them facilitate change. And it's releasing expectations. You can't make Make anyone change. You can't make anybody be just like you. If they don't want to eat healthy, if they don't want to work out, that's their prerogative. If I were to even come to my clients and say, you need to do this, 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 and this, they're like, oh, that feels like too much. That feels too stressful. Is she judging me for not doing those things? And automatically there's resistance. So make it as easy as possible for them. Get off their back, do your own thing, stay in your own lane, lead by example, live your own healthy and happy life. And that will attract people to do the same. Thanks for your question, Audra. I love it. Okay, I'm going to go into a few lighter questions because I feel like we're going deep on these, okay? Number one, Chelsea says, what's your favorite? Actually, all these questions are from Chelsea. So these are Chelsea's questions. What's your favorite water bottle? By far, my hydro flask. And I got one of those attachments from Amazon. That's the head with the straw on it because I love that. I feel like it makes me drink more water than clanging metal against my teeth with the regular hydro flask. And in addition to that, she asked for any tips on drinking enough water for a retail employee or anybody who's wearing a mask all day who hardly gets a break for food. I think the straw helps so much because all you have to do is pull up your mask a little bit. This is going to be a random example, but this is what I've been doing lately. Anytime I take a sip from my hydro flask, I take eight gulps. So maybe that could be something you can do. You set a goal for yourself like, okay, I'm going to take 10 swigs of my water and I'm going to do that once every hour and just make that a fun little challenge for yourself. She also asks, what's your favorite and easiest way to cook veggies? I'm not a great cook and don't like raw veggies. Girl, throw it in the oven. All you have to do, chop up your veggies all at once. We like doing it right when we get home from the grocery store because if we don't chop and wash our produce then, it's probably going to go to waste and get thrown out. So come home, chop it, wash it. Whether you cook it then or later in the week, it's there and it's available and ready for you to eat. But we usually just do a sheet pan of vegetables, of roasted vegetables. So we put olive oil or avocado oil on there, 
literally just put them in the oven for 15 to 20 minutes, depending on what kind of vegetables you have. And boom, they are crispy. They're delicious. They're oily. You can put some salt on there. It's so good. That's a great way to get some healthy fats in there. So you absorb more of the nutrients that are in your vegetables as well. Last question from Chelsea. Have you found any workouts or moves with baby you enjoy? I'm struggling to start working out again, juggling the workout infant and time to shower after getting sweaty. I think a big mindset shift here is that you don't have to get super sweaty during your workout for it to be an effective workout. And also it doesn't need to be an hour to be effective. Most of my workouts now are 10 to 30 minutes. Whereas before my baby, I was probably working out an hour plus a day around four to five days a week. Once I made that shift where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stretch for 10 minutes and that's going to be good enough. Or something else I love is Fitness Blender on YouTube. They also, if you go to fitnessblender.com, click on their workouts, you can customize them to the duration so 10, 15, 20, 30, however long you have, what equipment you have available. There's tons of body weight ones. If you don't have equipment, you can focus on upper body, lower body, total body, hit, whatever. And that's just an easy way to follow along with something at home because I know it can be really hard to motivate yourself to create your own workout and then do the workout. You can also do workouts with your baby. I do this all the time with Leo. I will hold him <laughs> during one of his wake windows and I'll do lunges and I'll do squat and press him up and squat and press him up or I'll put him on my lap and I do glute bridges or I'll lay him down and then I do push-ups on top of him or hold a plank or something. So you can incorporate your baby in your workout or you can look up yoga with baby and me on YouTube. I've done one of those with Leo as well, which is really fun. Also walking. Walking is the most underrated tool for your health overall. A lot of times we avoid walking because we're like, okay, what's the point? If I'm not doing a sweaty workout, how does this even count? This doesn't even count as a workout. But yes, absolutely. Walking is so good for your heart, your cardiovascular system, weight management, and it doesn't make you super, super sweaty. And your baby probably likes it because they either get to nap or look at the big bright world around them. So when I say there are no excuses... I say that gently and with a loving heart because I know how easy it is to let the days pass by and be like, wow, I haven't moved my body at all because I'm putting this tidy human before me. But work them into your workouts with you or commit to one of their nap times doing a workout, even if it's 10 to 20 minutes. So that way you have time to shower and make something like even a smoothie afterwards. So you don't have to make this huge healthy meal. We are all busy, but we all have to make it a priority because movement is medicine sister. It's not only good for your physical health, but also for your mental health. And Lord knows we all need help with that these days. <laughs> so give those tips a shot. I hope those help you, Chelsea. And last question I'm going to answer is from Bianca. She said, what are your top tips for mental strength? And I asked her more specifically if she could give me an example or a situation she's referring to so I can go into more detail. She said, I guess this question is around self-sabotage. I quit smoking a while ago, but it's my go-to when things get tough. And since December, when things got really bad, I've been on a weekly cycle of quitting slash smoking. And even though I know it's bad for me and I don't feel good when I do it, I do it anyway. Ain't this the truth of life? We all have things in our life that we know aren't good for us that we keep going back to, whether that's an addiction to negative thought patterns, keeping people in our lives that we know aren't good for us, overeating, even though we know it makes us feel like crap, smoking, even though we know there are health implications for that. So you are so not alone, sister. The first thing to realize is that bad habits, even though they're quote unquote bad, are serving us in some way, otherwise we would not do them. Overeating, for example, serves us in the sense that for that moment, we forget about our problems and all we're focused on is the food, how good it tastes. And then even afterwards, it kind of helps us forget our problems because we feel so guilty and shameful about the food that we don't actually have to focus on our real problems. 
and for smoking. It is an instant dopamine hit and it's become so habitual that it's just an automatic response at this point. There's a book I love. I think it's called The Power of Habit. And you know, the book I recommend to everybody, Atomic Habits, that go into a lot of detail about very specific habits and how to rewire them. James Clear talks about this in his book, Atomic Habits, which I literally talk about in every episode. So James Clear, sponsor me. (laughs) But he talks about the habit loop, which is number one, the cue, number two, the craving, number three, the response, and number four, the reward. I'm going to link to that book. And then I believe he wrote an article about this. So I will link to that below because this goes into very, very specific detail about how to break those habits, how to create new habits, But I think the most important thing, just from my perspective, is realizing why the habit is serving you in the first place. What need is it serving for you? And how could you fill that with something else that's more productive or healthy? Another part of that is getting rid of the guilt and shame around doing these things that you know aren't good for you, because that almost keeps us addicted to them. It's like the idea you always want what you can't have. Ooh, I know this cigarette is really bad, or ooh, I know this whole chocolate cake is probably not the best thing to eat, but it feels so good, and it's bad, and it's dangerous, and therefore I want to do it. So you're human. We all have that innate response within us. Now it's just a matter of choosing differently, envisioning the kind of life and habits you want to create, and then creating habits that coincide with the type of person you want to become. It's changing your identity. Instead of identifying with the phrases, I am a smoker or I am a binge eater, start saying, yes, I smoke. Yes, I binge eat. That is something I do, but it's not who I am. Who do I want to be instead? And then you can start rewiring your thought patterns, your belief system, and your identity. Because we know we can't change any habits until we change our belief about who we are on a very deep level. So again, I will link that article for you. Also read, I believe it's called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg and Atomic Habits by my main guy, James Clear. Love him so much. Those will be super helpful in assisting you with letting go of these habits that are no longer serving you. All right, everyone. Thank you for hanging out with me for so long today for me to answer these questions to celebrate my 100th episode. I'm so excited. I can't believe it's been pretty much four years. I started this in 2017. And since then, I have seen many iterations of my podcast recreated. There are so many podcasts out there that's like happy and healthy healthier and happier. I'm like, geez Louise. It's just funny. As long as we're all spreading the good word of health and happiness, that is what I am happiest about. My goal is to continue to support you to live your healthiest, happiest life for years and years to come. So if you found this helpful, please share this episode, share the podcast, leave me a review. Let me know that you're listening. I love hearing from you. And if you have any questions that you want me to answer on the podcast, please let me know because I'm always here to serve you and lead you to living a healthy and happy life. Big hugs. Thank you for making it to 100 episodes with me. You're amazing. You're doing great things in this world. Keep it up. Bye. Hey, do me a favor. If you like this episode, please head to iTunes and leave a review so more people can find the podcast. Be sure to tag me on your Instagram story so I can show you some love for listening. See you soon.